Hi, welcome back to part two of Fast Fashion, where I unpack the good and the bad about it, mainly the bad. Um, and if you haven't listened to part one, I highly suggest it. I was just recording it and I realized that it was just, it was getting a little too long and um, I want to make it digestible and you know these last few points that I have are really really important because it's kind of you know in your hands kind of what you can do um there's also a couple other points that I missed in the last episode that I want to go over uh, because I feel like they're important and I was getting kind of sidetracked and I got a little too invested in fabrics and things like that because I think that it's really interesting and I think you guys should think it's interesting too. So let's just dive into it. What we were talking about last was what you can do um, now that we've learned all of this information about fast fashion, why it's bad, how it could maybe be good, what its place in society is like. I talked about what happens whenever you donate your clothes and where it goes after if it hasn't been bought at a thrift store what happens then so typically um you know companies will go and just take it to a landfill take it just take loads of heaps of clothes and just throw them in the trash um i don't know if there are many thrift stores that have relations to recycling um, companies that recycle clothing but I will say that donating to you know homeless shelters and or women's shelters or whatever it may be is probably your best bet because you know those are likely to get worn or the organization will keep the clothes there so um, for future people like if it doesn't fit anyone right now it might fit someone who comes in in uh, a month so kind of google look around see if there's any shelters near you and especially if it's like the winter if you are getting rid of warmer clothes I suggest taking them to like a shelter um, because sometimes things don't get bought at donation centers um, thrift stores or it might not even get put on the rack at all it just immediately gets tossed to go to trash uh so that's kind of a little side note on on what you can do whenever you're getting rid of your clothes but a point I wanted to talk about was what happens whenever companies throw away clothes in the first uh part of this topic in part one of fast fashion I talked about how workers are paid typically by garment so they'll get paid a certain amount very 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 little and they'll get paid per garment and so they'll it's like an incentive to produce more clothing in order oops to produce more clothing in order for them to get more money so that's also where a lot of like the kind of poor um, manufacturing will come in because they're trying to get as many as possible to get more money Um, And these garments are getting made in high quantities. 
and there are so there's so many styles and there are in like how in part two I talked about the micro trends and how fast things go out of style um these clothes that they might have like 5,000 of I don't know what the average I feel like that's a lot but say it's 5,000 say they make 5,000 of a blouse that is trending right now and they sell about 3,500 of it now they have this they have this leftover quantity that they would then possibly put on sale to kind of encourage people to buy it because now it's at a cheaper price or they'll market it to be like there's only so many left it'll be like oh there's 10 left when really there's you know over a thousand pieces left and it's all kind of a marketing scheme and I'm not making this up either this isn't me speculating like I've learned about this in school I know that this is a tactic that companies use and not even just fast fashion companies it'll be well I mean I guess yeah fast fashion companies like I don't know forever 21 does it a lot too and nasty gal and misguided which I think they're not a company anymore whenever the they have all of this leftover garments they're not selling anymore it's out of it's out of style it's out of season and they need more space for the new styles that are actually in style that they're creating because they're making new clothes by the thousands every day this is whenever it gets taken to a landfill or it gets just dumped because the sweatshops that fast fashion companies are using uh there are very very like little to no regulations um environmental regulations workers rights labor unions things like that so countries that are underdeveloped um like you know bangladesh or parts of you know vietnam where a lot of sweatshops are the countries will see the profit that the um these companies are bringing in and sometimes they'll just turn a blind eye and be like well you know like it's kind of like when billionaires can just do whatever the fuck they want because they're bringing in so much money or like these big corporations walmart um sam's club um I don't know why Walmart's Target, things like that, like big, 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 big companies uh, where I don't feel like getting into taxes, but where, you know, they might not pay all their taxes, but it's okay because they're uh, making a shit ton of money for the country. That's kind of a similar example of what's going on where the sweatshops are. So whenever companies will get rid of these clothes, uh, whether that be in a contained landfill or on the streets, in the waters, that's where it ends up. And uh, how I talked about in part one, the degradation process of this is um, extremely toxic and not the kind of toxic that your ex-boyfriend might have been. I'm talking like actually deathly toxic. It's releasing chemicals that are contributing to greenhouse gases and things that aren't that great for the environment. So, um, 
just think about that. I also, I wrote a paper on the effects that azo dyes have on the environment and how much it contributes to greenhouse gases. Whenever your garments are decomposing in a landfill, the dyes specifically um, and the chemicals that they are made out of get released into the water or into the atmosphere. And a lot of the chemicals in the dyes contain chemicals and gases that are found in the greenhouse of our earth in the atmosphere that contribute to global warming. So basically, these gases kind of create a barrier where um, the sun and the, the sun rays are like coming in to through our atmosphere but they're not like leaving. And so it's just progressively warming the planet. Now, say what you want to say about global warming, but if you don't believe in it, politely and respectfully, never listen to one of my episodes ever again. You're banned. You're done. To each their own, but un- but I draw the line at a couple of things, and one of them is not believing in global warming. That's where I draw the line. So to get into what you can do if you are wanting to buy something but you can't afford, you know, a $150 pair of jeans or a $75 top that is made ethically and of good quality, here's what I found that you can do. And disclaimer, which I kind of mentioned already, but just just so we don't forget, I am not going to sit here and say that I don't own anything from fast fashion companies. Um, I own some things that are more of high quality, high end, um, because those were pieces that I believed I wanted to invest in and um, that I knew weren't going to go out of style. So that's kind of what I encourage people to do is to stick with the basics. Now, if you want to stick with the basics, but you can't afford to spend $55 on a basic white tee, okay, we're not there yet. You know, we were at a time in our life where in this economy, we can't afford to spend that much money on a basic white tee when you could buy it for $5. Fair enough. Tweech their own. Now, if you want to spend $10 on a basic white tee that you feel is good quality and you're going to wear it a lot, that in of itself is enough because it's when you're buying things and knowing deep down that you're not going to wear them that much, like going out tops. If you're in college, I guarantee you have bought at least one top from Shein that you is is like a designated going out top that you're not going to wear when the sun's up and that's fine but you're not going to wear that in two years from now maybe maybe you will I don't know prove me wrong I would love to be proved wrong but I have a really strong feeling that some of the tops that even I own I'm not going to wear in another year because my lifestyle is going to change I'm not going to be going to college bars and wanting to wear very exposed tops. No, maybe I will. 
but who knows? Again, some of the pieces that you might have bought for these going out clothes were more than likely on trend. And two years from now, you might be like, why did I even wear that? I know my freshman year before COVID, animal prints were really big, huge. And I should have known that that wasn't going to be a staple piece. Uh, remember the word chuggy when that was like a huge thing? And I should have known because, and I still have the clothes. I just, I can't, you know, I don't want to get rid of it because maybe it'll come back in style with the constant trend cycle um, and how quickly things come back into style and go out of style. You never know. So I just, I just keep it. But freshman year, I remember, you know, snake print, um, alligator print, um, zebra and cheetah print were like, I saw that all the time going out freshman year. And I was one of them. And that was what was in style. And whenever I bought these clothes from Shein that I knew were on trend and that everyone was wearing because I wanted, because I liked it in the moment and I knew that, you know, other people were wearing it too and it looked good on them. So I'm just going to go with it. And I bought it not thinking about how many times I was going to wear it and how, for how long I was going to have it. I think the biggest thing and most helpful thing you can do when shopping is being aware of how much you're going to wear it and how often, I guess that's the same thing, how often you're going to wear it, how many pieces does it go with, um, and how long do you think it's going to last you. Just being aware of your shopping habits is already a right step, is already a step in the right direction. It's also not realistic for everyone, or it's not realistic to expect everyone to shop sustainably and ethically. That's just not the case. So in part one, I talk about, you know, is fast, does fashion have a place in society? And I think, yes, it clearly does. Does social media have a huge impact on fast fashion and the growth of it? Absolutely. Fast fashion became extremely popular around the time where Instagram became really popular. And when we could see influencers arising and celebrities, what they were wearing um, and wanting to stay on trend when Coachella was a huge thing, whenever that first like came out and we saw what everyone was wearing, we wanted to join in on it too, because that's just a natural human thing to think about is we want to wear what Vanessa Hudgens is wearing in at Coachella in 2013. And when I say we, I mean me. I, that was me. I saw what she was wearing and I said, I need to, I need to wear that. I want to be in my Coachella era just like her. And that was definitely, it had its time, but we're not, we don't wear that anymore. That was a trend. And I didn't think about whenever I was buying things for that time, I wasn't aware about it. One, because I was younger and I didn't know any better. And two, that's just, it's, you see something and you like it and you immediately want it. You don't, you know, it's just, that's just the simplicity of it. And you get this immediate gratification, especially whenever you get it in the mail. God, I love a package. 
like placing that order in the anticipation of getting your package is like crack I swear basically what I'm trying to say is that the best way you can shop would be sustainably but the best way is to just be a conscious consumer that means how often am I going to wear this do I already have clothes that basically look like this um where can I wear this to how long do you think I can wear this is this going to go out of style by this time next year so asking yourself these questions of um that kind of keep you in check when placing an order on Shein or Forever 21 or H&M is really important because I don't think shopping there in terms of sustainability is bad. It's just when you're placing an order like twice a month at Shein and you're getting these like, do you remember? Oh my God. Do you remember when there was, it was just like trendy to buy a shit ton of clothes from Shein and it would, because people knew that people would watch those videos on TikTok and it would be like, oh, uh, $500 Shein order uh, haul. And you're like, if you're spending $500 on all of this cheap clothing that was made by people who aren't getting paid nearly enough, but you have the $500 to spend, why wouldn't you just take that $500 and get a few pieces that are going to last you for the rest of your life that are your staple pieces that you could give to your children 15 years down the road or whatever you know it's 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 all about responsible shopping and that doesn't always necessarily mean that it has to be from a designer or company that is making or is selling a top for over a hundred dollars doesn't always mean that doesn't always mean and just because it's you know not three dollars doesn't mean it's not fast fashion either h&m can sometimes have uh higher price things zara can have higher price things and brand themselves in a way that doesn't seem fast fashion but at the end of the day they're still using sweatshops speak your truth lily i'm speaking it it's a matter of how much you're consuming is where environmentally things can get a bit tricky. Like I mentioned with this like $500 Shein order haul, like it's, that's a little excessive. Do you have, how, who has a closet big enough for all of that? That's just $500 worth of, of Shein things. That's a shit ton of clothing. That is a mound of clothes that it's like impossible to wear all of them to the best of your ability um, and the max amount of times before it goes out of style or you get bored of it. You're going to wear it once and then where's it going to go? A landfill and in a place where you're not going to see it because if you don't see it, then it's not real. That's just it, That's just the reality of things. Now, what do you do if you're at a point in your life where the only thing you can really afford is fast fashion things from Shein fair enough I'm there one thing you could do is just not buy anything it's all about willpower baby just 
holding back from the urge of wanting to buy a really affordable, cute, trendy top. When I learned how to hold that hold that urge back, I felt free because it is exciting and it's really easy to see something you like. That's You're like, hey, I can afford that. That's the same price as a Starbucks coffee. I want that. And then just placing the order, not even thinking about it. It's easy to do. And typically the things that are the easiest are also things that aren't the greatest for you and the world and the people involved in making it. Say you're someone who is buying clothes on a bi-weekly basis. Specifically, if the pieces are very trendy, um, they have a lot of like graphics going on on the top bedazzled um I just keep thinking about y2k things that went out of trend really went out of style really really quickly if you're placing orders with those type of clothing pieces um that frequently let's let's just reevaluate a couple of things one do you really need it what are you going to get out of it two do you already own something that is extremely similar. Three, do you have a friend that has that exact piece or something extremely similar that, you know, you want to wear out one day? I feel like women generally are like very nice about sharing clothes. I know me and my friends are. I wear my clothes friends all the time. And if they want to wear mine, they can wear mine. But I don't really have a big selection, to be honest. If they want to wear it, go for it, babe. Another way to kind of satisfy this want and this need of buying things from Shein because they're affordable is, and I don't mean just Shein, I mean, you know, any fast fashion, but I feel like we kind of covered that already. Don't just buy trendy things and you'll thank yourself later. You can, I always suggest investing in staple pieces that are not going to go out of style. I'm talking a basic pair of straight leg jeans, um, a white t-shirt, a uh, oversized knit sweater, a black bodysuit, a white bodysuit. The basic colors um, are the investment pieces, uh, the staple pieces that you know just have been around for decades that no one's ever going to look at someone wearing um, a pair of straight leg trousers and be like, what the fuck are you wearing? Now, if I'm wearing flared zebra print pants, Someone might be like, what the fuck is she wearing? Kind of situation. So that's why it's so important to be mindful about like what you're buying and how long is it going to be relevant. Now, if you don't care about relevancy and you just want to buy whatever the fuck you want, regardless of if it's going to be on trend or not, but you know you're going to wear it regardless, okay, more power to you. Some people don't care about being on trend. Some people will wear shit that was quote unquote trendy like five years ago and not give a fuck. And I, I, I think that that's a great thing. But some people care a little bit too much about being on trend. And that's an issue because, as I have said time and time again, the trend cycle is just unbearable to keep up with. So you're just having to constantly buy new things in order to buy the newest thing that is trending. And I think TikTok has the most detrimental effect to this issue because 
things go viral really quickly and it's like you see it and you want it and if it goes viral on tiktok she and already has it listed on their website it's actually i don't want to say impressive because i feel like that has a positive connotation to it but it's borderline impressive being able to just have a design whipped up that quickly on a model it's like a superpower in the worst way if you could only afford a shein then buy pieces that can be worn with many things and that are versatile like i mentioned basic colors maybe light wash and dark wash jeans only a few crop tops that aren't you know super trendy that have like baby doll written on it in rhinestones um i'm talking the basics if you're not in a spot in your life where you can afford to spend a bit more on higher quality, well-made, ethically produced clothes. Because I'd argue that a decent bit of my age range and my audience isn't at the point in their life where they can spend like over $100 on one piece of clothing. I know I'm not. I don't even remember the last time I bought myself a new pair or like a a new piece of clothing. I really don't remember. It has been a hot, hot minute. And here I am. I'm still alive. I'm still hanging out. Now, my summer closet is struggling for sure. And I am extremely tempted to buy things that are cute and and modern. But I'm I'm still in the process of figuring out what my style is. I really don't know, especially my summer style. I'm better at styling clothes in the winter because it's so easy you just wear like a pair of kind of straight like baggy jeans a sweater and like having like a good coat um that immediately elevates an outfit chef's kiss you're like that's all you really need but with summer I just feel like you know it's a pair of denim shorts in in a top and or like a little tank top and it's just like and then that's it You're just trying to wear the least amount of clothes possible because of how fucking hot it is. If you're like, okay, Lily, I would like to do that, you know, buy my, buy my basics and wear them for as long as possible, as much as I can, but buy them on Shein, I can do that and I can stray away from more bold pieces from Shein. But what if I want to have a couple statement pieces in my collection, in my arsenal. But like you said, I shouldn't buy them from Shein because I don't know how long they're going to be, how long it's going to be around. Well, my friend, there's this beautiful thing called thrifting. And I think that thrifting is incredible because as we've seen in the past, a lot of previous styles come back into style very rapidly like when we saw the early 2000s style come back in real fucking quick that just shows how that like old styles will come back into style if that makes sense um people are constantly cleaning out their closets to buy more clothes and some of their stuff might be like a gem to you like how could anyone ever get rid of this and I've been there where, like, I, I don't, I've seen people give things away and donate them. And I'm like, how could you get rid of this? And that's the beauty of thrifting because one man's trash is another man's treasure. 
And I'll die on the hill saying that. Never buy, and I mean never, ever, buy another t-shirt brand new. If you can find your your basics at a thrift store, you're golden. Because the chances that the stuff there are made from a long time ago before everything just started getting cheap is pretty high. Not to get morbid, but as people get older and they are no longer with us, oftentimes their clothes will be donated. And sometimes those people have had the same clothes for however, for like 30 years and good for them because they were able to keep it for that long because it, they had their basic pieces and they stuck with it and they got it, you know, well, back then they got it at a time where things were made in good quality, but that's what I mean. Like if you're investing in good quality things, they're going to last you a long time. T-shirts, like I said, never buy them new because when they're at the thrift store, they're worn in, they're comfier. Half of my t-shirts that I sleep in are thrifted or ones that I stole from previous lovers. That's another great tip. Like if you have a boyfriend, just share your closet. Now, I don't really know how much he can wear from, if it's a guy-girl relationship, I don't know how much he can wear from your closet, but what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. I believe. There are also a lot of companies because here's the issue with sustainability becoming such a hot topic. It's becoming such a hot topic because it is so important, but our generation, Gen Z mainly, is becoming extremely aware about the issues of our planet because we have to live on it for another like at least 60 years maybe if, you know, we're thinking that far ahead. So we're a little concerned about the state of our planet. Fair enough. We kind of have to think about how our world is, like, doing in terms of its health. And companies know that this is a topic that, say, their demographic really cares about. So, for example, say Zara knows its demographic, which, as we know, Zara is arguably a fast fashion brand. Um, But there's, you know, as I mentioned, there's a scale, there's a pyramid triangle of some fast fashion companies are better than others in some regards. Say Zara sees how important sustainability is to its demographic. And they're like, fuck, we are, we know we're not sustainable, but let's slap on the word sustainability to a new collection that was probably made in a borderline sweatshop and say it's sustainable because we found this loophole where we can use cotton that is from this company that um, certifies farms, uh, cotton farms to be organic. Now, there's a couple, there's like most things in the world, there's a bit of corruption. And some of these farms will say they're organic farms, but they, they're dodging a couple bullets here. And they might not actually be that organic. For example, um, this doesn't have anything to do with cotton, but eggs that say free range, no cage, whatever it may be. You might be thinking, that's great. 
those chickens are having a great life. Now, the requirements in order for companies to say their eggs are cage-free is a different story. Nine times out of ten, companies that are saying they're cage-free, the requirements to say that um, are, like, their chickens have to be out of a cage, like, at least twice a month or something like that. I don't know the exact date. But there's a very, very, very minimal requirement to say that you're cage-free eggs. Same going back with, like, organic cotton or um, proper living conditions for your workers. There are these very, very minimal requirements that are still unethical, that are still not great, but companies are able to label themselves or this collection or whatever it may be their product as sustainable as cage-free because the requirements are just at the very very bottom but it still meets the requirements so there's all of these loopholes that companies can find where they can kind of stay on this trend of sustainability sustainability has basically become a trend because of how important it's become and how talked about it's become. Same with a t-shirt. If everyone's talking about the same fucking top that whoever what so-and-so wore, everyone's talking about it, it's become trending. It's, it's trending and everyone wants it. Same with sustainability. Everyone wants something sustainable, but not everyone's willing to pay for the cost of sustainability. So companies like Zara will say, hey, this new collection is made of repurposed jeans or it's recycled recycled denim or recycled polyester um newsflash i don't can you it's here's the thing you can recycle um synthetic fabrics however it is extremely hard to not hard but it's expensive to do so when a company lists a um or like you know releases a collection and they're like hey this is made out of recycled polyester and they're selling it for $25 um that no even like 45 $50 it's that's pushing it because um, it can be made, it can be done either um, mechanically or chemically, just adding more chemicals to chemicals to break it down and be released into the fucking planet. Um, it's extremely expensive. The resources you need are expensive and it's also time consuming. So what I'm trying to get at is that sustainability can be slapped on just about anything with a couple of loopholes. I'm pretty sure at the end of uh, the last episode uh, of part one, I was talking um, or I was going on like Shein and looking at listings. Trending Y2K. Y2K is still trending? Mm, I don't think so. I was looking at jeans and I'm pretty sure I saw jeans that said like sustainable or something or which is just so counterintuitive that's like not even 
not even real. Now maybe like uh let's see. Let's go on to Zara and see um what their fabrics are like. And you can also do research on the companies um and the ones that are like truly sustainable and ethical with their um production of their products will be very open about where they get their resources a huge part of sustainability is um tracing so being able to trace back to where they got their cotton from what farm what how how this farm treats its workers how much they're getting paid and then um you know where they're taking this cotton and is it going what factory is it going to to get spun and to get um formed into yarn and thread so then that way it could be taken to either the same factory or shipped to another country where it might be cheaper or or it's not cheaper and it's more expensive which eventually just costs into you know the final price that's why it's more expensive to buy better quality ethically made clothes is because they're it's being sent out to multiple countries sometimes or all in one country where there is a minimum wage. Some countries don't have a minimum wage and these factories and companies can just pay their workers whatever they want. I hope I'm not boring you guys. I hope this might this is a little interesting because it's interesting to me. I also hate the Zara website. It is almost as bad as some of its sweaters. Um so I'm going to go on knitwear. Actually, I take that back. I I thought that there was a little category for it was like a I don't know sometimes they call it like eco or something let's look at see if there's anything you want to know what maybe um Zara just gave up on saying that they were sustainable Zara sustainability so a lot of companies will have or bigger companies where they like they like to say that they're not fast fashion, will release a report talking about their goals, um, how much money they made that year, um, what they're trying to improve on. Zara? I don't know why I'm ratting on Zara. I have a Zara sweater. I don't love it, but it's not terrible. By 2022, last year, 100% renewable electric energy and proprietary operations. Um, by 2023, they want, they aim to have 100% more sustainable cellulose fibers in cotton, 100% redesigned packages to facilitate their reuse and recycling, 100% elimination of single use customer plastics, 100% of waste from our own installation, installations is collected and processed for reuse or recycling. So for the first one, for example, 2022, usually they'll have a report on if they met those goals and they often in these reports don't talk about how they're going to achieve these goals so like a lot of these fast fashion ish companies say they're gonna do shit and then like they could say whatever they want they can say hey by then we by this time we want to be fully sustainable but they don't talk about how they're gonna do it and the reality of how hard it is to be fully sustainable 
and how expensive it is um, because they want to keep their target market and they want to stay within, you know, a affordable price range because that's what their consumers know and enjoy about their company. It's just, for example, by um, 2040, they want to have zero net, net zero emissions, which has a huge factor on like carbon emissions whenever shipping shit out. So sorry, Zara, I had to rip on you real quick. I mean, I guess it's good that Shein isn't like trying to claim sustainability um, or at least not anywhere around here. Oh, social responsibility. Let's see what's going on here. Sustainability and social impact report. The United Nations um, a couple years ago or in 2021, they come up with like sustainability um, goals every year, I think, or something like that or every few years. And so this is where they're talking about like sustainability isn't just about the environment and it's also about workers and um, homelessness, world hunger, things of that nature. I don't know, man. It's they're kind of covering everything up by, oh, here's how they're protecting the environment. We believe that reducing supply chain waste and investing in modern production techniques are key starting points to building an environmentally sustainable industry. At Shein, we harness our fully integrated digital supply chain to limit excess inventory, reducing the possibility of production waste. In addition, we attempt to sell unsold or returned inventory at wholesale pricing before donating it to populations in need. See, it's like, okay, yeah. So, yeah, Shein's like, you know, working towards like being sustainable and, and whatever. But all of the other points that they have, they have, here's how we supported emerging designers and illustrators. Here's how we supported the community, like with facts and figures, with protecting the environment. They just say things that they may or may not have done. So, God damn, I've been talking forever, but I love this shit. Basically, in a nutshell, fast fashion is not good for the planet, for um, the workers. The only people that benefit from it are the owners of fast fashion companies because their profit margins are large and in charge. Uh, What you can do is, if you can afford it, buy from ethical and sustainable brands. And if you can't afford it and you, you know, can't help but buy from fast fashion brands, you can reduce your consumption and avoid buying things that are unnecessary, that are going to go out of style, um, that aren't kind of staple pieces, that are very, very trendy. Um, Kind of just avoid doing that and and maybe not even investing, but buying pieces that you know you're going to wear for a really long time and getting the use out of it is already um, a step in the right direction. Uh, Thrifting there's thrift stores. There's also so many online places, uh, Poshmark, Depop, um, ThreadUp, things like that that are all online if you don't feel like going into a thrift store because it can be extremely overwhelming. I know. Those are just a couple of things that you can kind of do to be a smart consumer. You don't need to have all expensive clothes, but it does help to invest in pieces that you know aren't going to go out of style, that 
um, you're going to have for probably the rest of your life. It's the same thing that goes with like like when people are like, oh, well, why would you buy this Birkin if I could buy a cheap version off of AliExpress or DHgate or whatever the fuck that thing's called? It's a matter of how much you appreciate good quality things and um, if it's something that you worked hard to get and to afford and to that you want to keep for the rest of your life and then pass it down to children or to whoever it's just a matter of how much you value things like that um so yeah that's it for part two of fast fashion thank you so much for listening i really really appreciate it it means the whole world to me uh if you want you can follow the pod on instagram at argue with the wall but the width is a w so uh you can follow this podcast wherever you're listening um wherever you're if you're on spotify or whatever you can follow it rate it subscribe to the youtube channel give it a little thumbs up if you feel like it and stay smart shop smart you guys got this i believe in you we got this it'll be okay i love you all and i'll talk to you next week